and welcome to the Northridge Vineyard Evening Community Podcast. We're a church community in Sydney, Australia who are passionate about pursuing God together and seeing the world changed by His love. We hope this message challenges and inspires you. For more talks and other resources, please visit our website, www.northridge.org.au. Hello friends, it's so great uh, to be with you again, at least uh, on your screens, in screen form. Uh, I hope you're enjoying uh, home gatherings again, being back in home gatherings, really exciting as uh, we edge closer to the day when we're all back together again. That's going to be a party, so excited for that. Um, So tonight we're continuing our series on looking at the Apostle Paul in the book of Acts and looking at his life and Tonight we're focusing in on Paul, the, the power evangelist. We're looking at power evangelism. And if that's a term that maybe you haven't come across before, essentially what we're, what we're referring to when we talk about power evangelism is, um, is when we're sharing Jesus with people, it's not just about sharing information or sharing uh, in words the good news about Jesus, but there's also, um, for us as believers, because the Holy Spirit lives in us, there's a demonstration of God's power as the Holy Spirit um, moves through us to touch people as we bring that message. It's this idea of uh, proclaiming the good news and also demonstrating the good news um, as, as the reality of, of God's love and power actually breaks into people's, pe- people's lives. And so... Um, I'm very excited to talk about it. I have to admit it's been a bit of an interesting preparation for me in, in putting in putting this message together. I've been um, feeling very, very convicted by God in this area. And I, and I come to you humbly with this message because I am by no means an expert. Um, this is something that I feel like God has been, uh, that I've kind of wanted to step into for a while. And, you know, there's been... A handful of times where I where I have stepped out in this, and there's been a bunch of times, uh, a lot more times than that that I haven't when I've sort of wanted to or whatever. And maybe you can kind of relate to that. It it, it for me it feels scary, and um, and it's also something that that I that I I am a, I'm a work in progress, and I really feel like God has been speaking to me a lot about this through the preparation of this message, and so. I, basically, I'm pretty much preaching to myself tonight and hoping it's going to be valuable for you as well in, in some ways. But um, I'd love for you to, to, to come along on, on the journey with me. So if you, um, if you have your Bibles, open to Acts chapter 14. We're going to read a, a, a chunk of scripture here, basically kind of like an episode, I guess, in, in Paul's life. Uh, and, and look at how this whole idea of power evangelism was sort of um, worked out in, 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 in this instance for Paul. So Acts chapter 14. At Iconium, Paul and Barnabas went as usual into the Jewish synagogue. There they spoke so effectively that a great number of Jews and Greeks believed. But the Jews who refused to believe stirred up the other Gentiles and poisoned their minds against the brothers. So Paul and Barnabas spent considerable time there speaking boldly for the Lord who confirmed the message of his grace by enabling them to perform signs and wonders. The people of the city were divided. Some sided with the Jews, others with the apostles. There was a plan afoot among Gentiles and Jew- both Gentiles and Jews, together with their leaders, to mistreat them and stone them. But they found out about it and fled to the Lyconian cities of Lystra and Derbe and to the surrounding country, where they continued to preach the gospel. In Lystra, there sat a man who was lame. He had been that way from birth and had never walked. He listened to Paul as he was speaking. 
Paul looked directly at him, saw that he had faith to be healed, and called out, Stand up on your feet. At that, the man jumped up and began to walk. When the crowd saw what Paul had done, they shouted in the Lyconian language, The gods have come down, come down to us in human form. Bartimus they called Zeus, and Paul they called Hermes because he was the chief speaker. The priest of Zeus, whose temple was just outside the city, brought bulls and wreaths to the city gates because he and the crowd wanted to offer sacrifices to them. But when the apostles Barnabas and Paul heard of this, they tore their clothes and rushed out into the crowd shouting, Friends, why are you doing this? We too are only human like you. We are bringing you good news, telling you to turn from these worthless things to the living God who made the heavens and the earth and the sea and everything in them. In the past, he let all nations go their own way, yet he has not left himself without testimony. He has shown kindness by giving you rain from heaven and crops in their seasons. He, produce, he provides you with plenty of food and fills your hearts with joy. Even with these words, they had difficulty keeping the crowd from sacrificing to them. Then some Jews came from Antioch and Iconium and won, them, won the crowd over. They stoned Paul and dragged him outside the city, thinking he was dead. But after the disciples had gathered round him, he got up and went back into the city. The next day, he and Barnabas left the derby. Now, there's obviously a whole lot going on in that, but basically Paul and Barnabas are doing their thing. They're going from place to place. They're, um, they're proclaiming the gospel, and they're also demonstrating God's love and power with these miracles, these signs that are breaking out as they go. There's a whole bunch of people who are responding positively and, and becoming believers, and there's also a whole bunch of people who are kind of angry about it and want to stone them. And so they're, they're moving on from place to place. They keep doing that. And then um, some people kind of assume that they're gods that have come down in human form from the heavens and they want to they sacrifice to them. And then other people come and win them over and they want to stone them. Like there's all of this stuff going on. But um, one of the things I really admire about Paul uh, in this passage and, and actually throughout Acts is just wherever, wherever he goes, he's just he's sharing Jesus. And for Paul, we, we can kind of see through this that it's, um, again, it's not just this passing on of information or sharing this, the, 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 the message about Jesus. Now, that's a component and that's crucial, but it's not just about that. For Paul, there is also this, this demonstration of God's love and power that comes in the moment to actually change people's lives. Um, and one of the unique things about the book of Acts that I just love is the writer Luke um, kind of gives us these glimpses of the first 30-ish years of the church. And, and we just get these insights as to what life looked like for, for the early believers, for the early believers in Jesus. And so what I want to do now, just because I, I really I want us to see that this whole power thing is, as part of the gospel um, is really important, and, and it was part of the the, the way that that, um, that that we see the the disciples in the scriptures operating. So I'm going to take you on a quick tour through Acts to uh, to explore the way that God moved in power through His people. So obviously we've just had this passage we've read um, about Paul, but also in Acts 16 we have Paul casting out a spirit from a woman. We have Acts 19:11 to 12. It says God did extraordinary miracles through Paul. I kind of wonder what miracles he was doing that weren't weren't like for these to be considered extraordinary. It's amazing. So God did a, sorry, I'll read the quote. God did extraordinary miracles through Paul so that even handkerchiefs and aprons that had touched him were taken to the sick and their illnesses were cured and the evil spirits left them. That's amazing. Um, in Acts 20, we have Paul raising Eutychus from the dead. 
Acts 28, Paul heals a man uh, of fever and dysentery. Uh, also in Acts 28, Paul is on the island of Malta and it says that he heals all the sick on the island of Malta. Um, but it's, it's not just Paul. This is something that the, the apostles were doing. In Acts 2.43, it says everyone was filled with awe at the many wonders and signs performed by the apostles. In Acts 3, we have Peter healing uh, a man who couldn't walk. Um, check out this passage, Acts 5, 12 to 16. The apostles performed many signs and wonders among the people, and all the believers used to meet together in Solomon's colonnade. No one else dared join them, even though they were highly regarded by the people. Nevertheless, more and more men and women believed in the Lord and were added to their number. As a result, people brought the sick into the streets and laid them on beds and mats so that at least Peter's shadow might fall on some of them as he passed by. Crowds gathered also from the towns around Jerusalem, bringing their sick and those tormented by impure spirits, and all of them were healed. Um, again, Acts 9, we have uh, Peter heals a man who was paralyzed and had been bedridden for eight years. In Acts 9, again, Peter raising Tabitha from the dead. There's these stories after stories after stories of, of uh, the proclamation and the demonstration um, of, of God's love and power breaking in. Um, but this is where it kind of starts to get exciting and also really challenging for me is that we also see in the book of Acts that it's not just Paul and it's not just the apostles. There's the, I guess, quote unquote, normal everyday believers that, uh, that are moving in God's power. Um, we have in Acts 6, we have Stephen uh, who performed great wonders and signs among the people. In Acts 8, we have Philip who casts out impure spirits and healed many who were paralyzed or lame. In Acts 9, we have Ananias healing Paul's eyesight. And the, the, the point of, of what that I'm trying to sort of show you with all of this is that God's power to miraculously heal and to restore is part of the good news of God's kingdom breaking in. It's, it's, a, it's an expression of the gospel itself. And it's a message for us to, um, it's, it's, it's something for us to walk in today, including as we share Jesus with people. Some of these, um, these passages that we've just looked at in Scripture, some of them are directly related to evangelism and some of them aren't. But I actually think that's part of the point. This is part of the message. This is part of the expression of the gospel, the way that the gospel is actually expressed. And key to this is verse 3. Like if you look back um, to what it says in verse 3, it talks about uh, the... the um, the apostles speaking boldly for the Lord who confirmed the message of his grace by enabling them to perform signs and wonders. So it's, it's not this, it doesn't say that it's the signs that are, are testifying to the apostles or to their apostleship. It's talking about the signs actually um, testifying to the message, the message of God's grace. So it's not, it's not about Paul and it's not about the apostles. We saw how Paul and Barnabas responded in in this chapter when you know the people started going we need to sacrifice it and they're like no 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 what are you doing we're just human beings like we want to tell you about the one true god the living god let me tell you about them um that this thing that you've seen let me explain what's going on and so it's it's not about uh the apostles and it's not about us today either it's all um pointing to jesus it's all about people coming to know his love and experiencing that tangibly as we proclaim the message and as we demonstrate the message in God's love and his power. And just, just before we move on for this point, I wanted to share, um, and a, a, again, this is, this is for me really significant. 
um, that it didn't just stop in the pages of Scripture. It actually continued through um, through the church after the Scriptures had finished being written. I read this book um, earlier this year, a Randy Clark book called Destined for the Cross, and I just want to read you a quick quote from that book. It says, A study was done by Ramsey Macmillan, a secular historian from Yale University, who wrote Christianizing the Roman Empire. So this book... Um, uh, Christianizing the Roman Empire was looking at the Roman Empire from AD uh, 100 to 400. So AD 100 is like just after the scriptures have finished being written through to, um, to AD 400. So here's back to the quote. Um, he wanted to find out how Christianity became the official religion of the Roman Empire, especially since there were other gods and Christianity wasn't, wasn't a legal religion. How did it become the official religion of the Roman Empire? The number one reason was the power of the gospel to set people free from demons. Number two was the power of the gospel to heal the sick. Those two signs caused people to believe the gospel. Then, having believed, they become part. They became part of the church. End quote. And so this is this is a secular historian that this is what he discovered. Um, it's incredible. And to me, this actually makes sense because this is how Jesus modeled it. This is how he lived his life. He went about and he proclaimed the good news and he demonstrated it to those to those around him. And it's also how he taught his disciples. So with all of this, healings and miracles are expressions of the gospel itself. It's it's one of the ways that, that God actually um, shows his love and his power in, in people's lives. And history shows us that uh, that the not just the proclamation, but the proclamation and the demonstration of, uh, of the good news is, is very effective or can be very effective in helping people to come to faith in Jesus. And so that um, brings us to what I actually think is the heart of all of this. And I think it's important for us, like, why do we do evangelism? What actually are we trying to do? What's the point? What's the heart? What's the posture of evangelism? and specifically power evangelism. And I think maybe for many of us, the first thing that will possibly come to mind is, well, to get people saved, like to, for, for people to come to faith. And, and I agree. Um, I think that that is absolutely what we're, you know, we're, we're really trying to do that. That's what we want, 100%. But, I, but when it comes down to it, what, what I believe the heart of evangelism needs to be is what we're actually doing is we are, our job is to reveal Father God to those around us. It's actually revealing God's heart to people because God loves people and he, he wants all people to be saved. He wants all people to be healed and to be restored and to be um, made whole and to walk in fullness of life in connection with him, in intimacy, in relationship with him. That's God's will for every single human being on this planet. And um, one of the things that I love about um, when God does miracles, and if you've ever received a miracle or you've witnessed a miracle, it is unmistakable. Like it is God, it is God's love and power just breaking into a motor, into a moment, um, and it's and it's and it's a, an amazing way that God can connect with people and people with God. But for us, our motivation must be love. It's always got to come out of a place, an extension. Of, of love as we reach out to people to reveal the Father's heart. And so 
how do we actually do this? Maybe you've done a little bit of this before or maybe you're wanting to do it more, maybe you're wanting to start. How do we actually do this? And again, I, I present these to you humbly as someone who's not an expert, but, um, but these are some of the things that I feel like God has been teaching me and speaking to me about. And so um, I share them in the hope that they're, they're helpful for you. So three points to help you, um, to help you walk in this, in this proclaiming and demonstrating of the gospel to those in your world. So number one is growing in intimacy with the Holy Spirit. And uh, I mean, I just think pretty much like f- falling in love with God and just him being our everything and just adoring him and growing in, in intimacy with the Holy Spirit, I, I think is pretty much the answer to everything in a, in a lot of ways. Like he's, he's everything. He's, he's what this whole thing is all about. He is the source. He is, he is where all of this comes from. Um, in 1 Corinthians, uh, Paul describes us as believers as being temples of the Holy Spirit. That is incredible. And so as believers, the Holy Spirit lives in us and we can be people who are, who are hosting his presence in, in our life. And what I mean by that is like growing in a, a, a moment by moment awareness that the Holy Spirit is, is in us, that he is doing things in the world, that we can be, um, we can be asking what he's doing in any given moment. We can be aware of the things that the Holy Spirit is doing, like I, I think um, in, in verse 9, there was this, if you, if you look back at verse 9 in the passage, it talks about Paul, um, the, the, the lame man that he healed. It says that Paul saw that he had faith to be healed. Now, as far as I can tell, like with your physical eyes, you can't see faith, right? Like that's, that's like I can, I can only think like how intimately connected uh, and aware and attuned to the Holy Spirit must Paul have been that as he's like speaking and as he's interacting with people, he sees this man and he's like, he identifies that there's faith for this man to be healed and he proclaims and he declares this healing. And this man who'd never walked in his life gets like gets up and walk, like his life is changed. And so this whole idea of just, just falling in love with Jesus and growing in intimacy with the Holy Spirit, I think is the absolute foundation to all of this. So that's number one. Number two is um, having an as-you-go Christianity. And I, I kind of think that Jesus was an, uh, was an as-you-go kind of guy. And I don't mean to say he wasn't intentional. He was the most intentional person I know. But for me, as I look at how he, how he moved in the scriptures, it seems to me that part of his intentionality was that he was going to be, he was so aware of every moment, what was going on, the people who were drawn to him, these kind of interruptions that sort of happened where he could, where he could proclaim and demonstrate the good news and what he'd come to do. And he, he was so aware of what was happening around him and willing to step into those opportunities. And um, he, he sent his disciples out the same way. In Matthew 10, 7 to 8, he's sending the disciples out. And this is what he says to them. He says, as you go, proclaim this message. The kingdom of heaven has come near. Heal the sick, raise the dead, cleanse those who have leprosy, drive out demons. Freely you have received, freely give. And I, I want to have an, an as-you-go kind of faith that wherever I am, whatever I'm doing, I'm open to Jesus and I'm, I'm asking him to, sh- to open my eyes to what he's doing. And, and, and we can all do this. Like we can all be asking for this and seeking this, whether you're at school or you're at work or you're getting groceries or you're washing dishes or you're chatting with your family, we can, we can be um, in tune with the Holy Spirit as we go, as we go about our day-to-day lives. And it might be that we're, um, 
we, we notice someone who's having a rough day and we just say, look, can I, can, I, can I pray for you and extending Jesus' love that way? Or maybe you're meeting up with someone later in the day and you, you ask God, you, you pray and ask God for a prophetic word before you go to bless them with. Or maybe see someone who's sick or injured and you say, look, Jesus loves to heal people. Can I pray for you? Can I pray for healing for you right now? It's just these steps of just being aware that as you go in your day-to-day life, you carry the Holy Spirit and he can empower you with love and with his power to proclaim and demonstrate this good news just, just wherever you go. Um, the third thing, the, the, the final thing that I wanted to share is to just give it a go. And I, um, I was, as I was seeking God's heart for this message, I, I felt like, I felt like he was saying like, just, just give it a go. And I, and I, and like, it seems so simple, but it's actually really profound because I think we can actually really complicate evangelism. Like we can make it complicated and, and, um, particularly when it comes to things like power evangelism, that phrase can just sound kind of like big and, and kind of out of reach. And, and I'm actually beginning to think that the power evangelism is, it's not so much about like going out there and, and kind of doing something or being something like for me, like, honestly, I feel like my biggest challenge is actually just being myself. Like I, I, I love Jesus and I want, um, I want others to know how great, he is like I, I know that when when I'm talking to someone, I know that Jesus adores that person. I know he loves them. I know that he wants to heal the pain that's in their body. I know that he wants to restore that broken relationship in their life that they're that they're struggling with and they don't know what to do with. I know that he wants to connect with them. So my challenge and maybe you're similar is honestly, I think it's just about just kind of letting that out, like just being willing to 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 step out and to offer that prayer and to offer to step into that as an opportunity um, and just give it a go. And, and, and as we do this, I think um, the other thing is just to, just to never give up. Let's like, let's never give up because there's going to be times that we, that we step out and, and it just, and it just might all happen. Like we're praying for someone and they're like, yes, I'd love to receive prayer. And they get healed or they say, yes, I want to receive Jesus or, you know, or they, it's just a beautiful moment in God's presence. And, and, and there are those moments. And I believe as we step out that more and more of those moments will happen as we, as we step out and do this. But other times as well, it might just be that, that, that um, as we step out, our part is just one link in the chain of that person as they're taking steps towards Jesus and what God's doing in their life. Um, I had a, I had a, um, situation this week where I, I felt really compelled to go and speak to this gentleman in a park near my house. And I, and so I went to him and I just like, I just, um, said, you know, do you need a meal? Do you need a drink? Like, is there, do you have any pain in your body? Can I pray for you? I'm a Christian. Like God, I just want to tell you that God loves you. I feel like he, you know, he asked me to come and speak to you and, you know, can I pray for you for anything? And he was, um, he was very sweet and very gentle. And he just said, I, I'd actually prefer it if you left. And, um, and I've got to say like that, I, I, I was like, that wasn't fun. <laughs> it kind of hurt a bit. Like it wasn't, it wasn't a good feeling in, in a sense, but like, but, but what if like with what God was doing in that moment, what if he'd never heard anyone say to him before God loves you? What if that was the first time? And what if like God had already prompted another Christian to like 15 minutes later, come and say the same thing? Like we don't, we don't know. And this is why I think we need to be thinking in all of this. It's not, it's not just about getting someone to pray a prayer in evangelism. It's actually just stepping out, 
revealing God, like showing God's heart, telling people that he loves them, offering to 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 help people encounter God for themselves as we as we proclaim and demonstrate. And that way we might just be one link in the chain that God is working in people's lives as we kept as we keep stepping out together and and doing this. And I, I guess I'm realizing like the the more as we as we come to a close, like I I the more I get to know God and the and the further I kind of go in my walk with him, like the more I just feel so overwhelmed at how good he is and how deep his love is for me and, and for people. Like he's serious about saving this world. He really, he really, really loves people. And this gospel that we've been given is amazing. Like the 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 healing that, that Jesus wants to bring, the love, the restoration. The, the like the, the true freedom and wholeness that can only come through Jesus through this gospel and and like I, I know that when I'm going out and speaking to people like we have the message we have the answer to people's deepest longings and desires and the answer is Jesus and it's and it's this gospel message that he's given us and uh, and we're the ones that he's entrusted to bring this message and as we step out, and as we proclaim and as we demonstrate, we can really do this together. We can step out in our everyday lives as we go about our normal lives and be people who are revealing God's heart and helping people to take steps towards him. And so to, uh, to encourage you in this, I'm going to, um, to throw to our dear friends, Chris and Ruth, who are going to share a testimony of uh, how this has looked in their lives this year. Hello, I'm Ruth. And I'm Chris, and this is a short story in four parts. Part one, Ruth and I walk into a carpet shop because we're looking to buy new carpet. Uh, as we walk in, the guy there has got his arm in a bandage, and we look at each other and think, hmm, this might be a chance to, to pray. Anyway, um, let's call him James. We approach him and explain that we're Christians and we'd love to pray for him. And he says, yeah, you can. And I said, no, here, now, in the store. And he went, that's a bit different, but yeah, sure. So we did, we just said a short prayer and he was very grateful and said thanks. So a few days later, Part I re two. return um, with the samples and uh, he says to his friend next to him, these are the guys that prayed for me the other day. And I said, how's your arm, James? And he said, oh, the arm's good, thank you. But it's my foot that's hurting now. Will you pray for my foot now? <laughs> so... We end up praying for his foot as well. Part three, another time we're in the shop. Um, I think we're paying the deposit this time. And, um, and, and it transpires that James's mother is very sick with cancer. Um, she doesn't actually realize how serious it is. Um, and so she's the matriarch of a large family. Um, James is obviously quite upset about this, doesn't know quite how to break it to her. And so we offered to pray for his mother and for him and his family. Um, and that was a very moving time, very meaningful time. So part four, um, I phoned James regarding a date for fitting the carpet and he calls me back. I said, how are you, James? He said, not good, mate, not good, Chris. I'm in hospital, we got the family. Uh, mum's dying. Uh, so I said, look, can I pray for your mum now over the phone? And we did, and that was pretty special. Anyway, his mum died, and um, a few days later we were able to take a plant into the shop, and he still 
keeps talking about that. So epilogue. We, um, we're planning on having James and his wife and maybe some of his family back here for a meal um, to admire the beautiful carpet that now adorns our house and to continue with the relationship that God has started. Thank you. Thanks, guys. Well, thanks so much, Ruth and Chris. Um, I love you guys. You're so amazing. I love that story and I love how it was just... Um, it was just as you go. It was that as you go thing. They went about their normal lives and, and saw an opportunity and stepped in and what, you know, and there's some really special, beautiful, powerful outcomes that came from that. So finishing up tonight, I want to give you a chance uh, in your in your uh, gatherings, home gatherings to, to respond to this message, because for some of you tonight, you, there may be this stirring that's just inside of you like, yes, I want to do this. I want to be stepping out. Um, to those in my world uh, in God's love and God's power. And so um, what I'm going to ask you to do is in your home gatherings, if that's you, if you if you tonight would say, yes, I want to step into this, I want to make a decision that this is part of what I want my life to look like. Um, I just want you to uh, say that to your home gathering group. And um, just for, for whoever those people are, um, just gather around them, pray for them, bless them, Ask the Holy Spirit to come upon them in boldness and in love and in power um, as they step out in their day-to-day lives to do this. So that's option number one. Um, And then the second option is just for you to consider what a next step for you looks like in your life in in stepping out in this. So for some of us, you might be hearing this message going, man, I just want to fall in love with Jesus more. That's awesome. That, could, that might be a next step for you. For others, it might be, I need to talk to my family, that, that tell my family that I'm a Christian. Or it might be that you want to pray for someone in your workplace or um, listen for a prophetic word for someone. For others, you might be like, I, I need to go out into a shopping center and ask God to point me in the direction of people to pray for, whatever it looks like. Um, I want you to talk about with your group things that, um, that, uh, that, that may be a next step for you in looking at proclaiming and demonstrating the good news of Jesus in your life. So bless you guys. You're amazing. Let's go out and do this together in Jesus' name. Bye, guys.